You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett and I have the awesome, awesome, awesome pleasure of finding all of these incredible teachers, learners, influencers in dentistry and asking them great questions and having them share that information with you to create a better practice and a better life. So keep showing up and I promise to keep bringing it. I love this profession so much. I want you to get a ton out of this so it makes your practice and your life better. And I got a special edition today. I have watched this amazing young woman grow into an awesome, awesome influencer in dentistry. Her name is Dr. Kelly Brummett. And today she shares why listening is one of the best opportunities for growth, not only your practice, but for you. And if you listen, the keyword is listen to what she has to say, I promise you it will improve your life. So check it out. I know you'll enjoy it and we'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I'm so pumped you're here because you know what I get to do? I get to interview rock stars in dentistry and learn about what they do and how they think and how they teach. And I pass it along to you or we pass it along to you in hopes of you creating a better practice and a better life. So thank you for showing up. And today I've got a dear friend of mine who I've known for a very long time who constantly keeps doing cool things. And uh, her name is Dr. Kelly Brummett. And she's going to be sharing some very good thoughts about how you have to develop yourself and become a better listener. I think I need to take this particular podcast several times because my wife reminds me I'm not the best listener. But Kelly, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to connect with you. Yeah, it's great to connect. Now, I'm just going to say this about you before we get going. I want you to tell your bio, but I'm super proud of you. You know, I've watched you evolve and develop in not only your own practice, what you're doing now and become an instructor. And now you're making a big impact on other dentists' lives. And it's pretty cool to watch you do that journey. It's also fun to watch your family grow and, and all you guys have done. But I want, you know, we've got a lot of young listeners now and new listeners. I always like to know who we're listening to before we get started. So give us a little bit of your bio. I would love to know them to know your story. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Very kind words. Um, I am a dentist in 
Atlanta, Georgia. I actually practice in Duluth now. Um, this is my second practice. I had my first practice for about 18 years and sold it in 2019, right before the world changed. And then um, decided to buy Dr. Clayton Davis's practice in December of 2020. And so now I'm back into the practice ownership piece. And in the last several years, I've been just continuing educating myself and gotten involved with the Pinky Institute. Um, I'm a, a Essentials 3 educator there, facilitator, um, actually going down next week for a course and um, do some other things. I'm also on the board with the Institute. Um, just really felt passionate about being involved because it was such an instrumental piece in helping develop my goals, my visions, my hope force uh, with my life and dentistry. And um, I, I've got a family. I've got uh, a son who is 19, turning 20 soon. Um, he's uh, going into a sophomore year at Baker University. He plays golf. And my daughter is going to be 21 very soon, going into her senior year at University of Kansas. Uh, why Kansas? My husband and I went to school there and we're actually from the Midwest. I'm from Kansas City area and um, Ratchock Jayhawks. We got to shout yeah. out, but uh, so it's awfully fun to go visit them. And um, that's kind of in a nutshell, real quickly, what's going on. Yeah, and so you guys got a chance to experience, um, or, or you know, your daughter did uh, um, national champions. But did you guys ever win a, a national championship while you were there? So it was two. What was it? There was, was it 2008 was the previous one? What was the one before that? I don't even know. Well, so I'm a lot older than that. So nine, 1988 was Larry Brown with uh, Danny and the Magic. And so I was a freshman that year. Oh, you and were? And then my, yeah, I was a freshman there at the university. And um, when we won, everybody went out on Jayhawk Boulevard. And then it was really cool to be there. So we were at the final four in Lawrence, Kansas on the Saturday night. And we went out on Mass Street and I got to climb up some poles so I could see what's going on. And so it was awesome. <laughs> man, oh man. You can't see down the bottom. I'm too short. So I had to climb up on, you know, one of the signs so I could see. But it was amazing. Like 90,000 people just started falling down, you know, the hill from the campus. It was it was really cool. And then got to watch championship with my best friend from college. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It's truly one of the greatest things you could ever, if you're a sports fan, especially a basketball fan, you have to experience a basketball game there. Yeah. I took my entire family. I've taken them a couple times, but one time we went, we were shouting each other and we couldn't even hear each other. It was so crazy loud. And they put the decibel thing up there. And I think it was like 129 decibels. And my kids were like, this is so loud. It was, it, I had goosebumps from head to toe. It was so much fun. Well, I don't know if I ever told you, but the reason I went to Kansas, I was, it was between Kansas and University of Missouri because yeah. I was a springboard diver. And so I was recruited by both and they took me, Kansas took me to a basketball game on my recruiting weekend. And I was like standing there going, I got to come here. <laughs> well, that's a no brainer. I know. So yeah, it's an amazing place. Yeah. And so it is an amazing place. And when you have friends that live in that amazing place or have connections, so you'll appreciate this, that game that I was talking about, Dr. Chris Leisler, who lives yeah. right across the street, I go, Chris, I'm coming over for the game. He go, He's like, okay, 
just pull up to my house. I go, why? He goes, cause I'm going to give you front door treatment. He pulled the car that I was, he drove us up, dropped us off the front and then he parked my car in his driveway. And yeah, he said, just awesome. let me know. I'm like, that is like five-star service. So that's awesome. If you ever go to watch a game, I'll get you connected. Oh. Anyone who's listening and we'll see if Chris can give you that kind of service. Well, that'd be cool. And I'll tell you one more thing about that. What's really cool is being able to me being a freshman and then watching the game with my kids who are at school there was just like the coolest thing. That's so, so fun. That is so fun. What a cool, cool story. What a special place. I had no idea yeah. about the decision that you had about colleges. Yeah. That's really cool. Really cool. Now, today, you do a lot of learning. And so before we hit the go button, I'm like, Kelly, where do you want to go today? And you're like, on the listening thing. And I was like, what? And you go, the listening thing. I was like, what? <laughs> and so let's talk about the why in this and how this comes up in especially the part of dentistry that you're so passionate about? What, what's the core problem here? I think it's just a continual process to learn about how we as dentists, how we as humans can be better listeners because we have people that come to us, especially when either they're in a vulnerable state or they don't really understand maybe that there isn't that they don't know that there might be something that needs to be attended to. And we as dentists can oftentimes go into this fix-it mode. And I have been real passionate about explaining to my team and trying to represent that we are in the management business. And our goal is to really kind of meet people where they are, help understand who they are, and then listen to where we can take them. And Sometimes they don't know where that place is and either do we. And so we start grabbing their hand and dragging them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it, do you think that happens? What's your hypothesis on that? You feel like there's being a dental professional, you like predictability and there's a lot of uncertainty with the path that you've oh, yeah. just laid out. Like Kelly, you're proposing yeah. like, just stay in the, stay in the unknown question. throughout, stay in the yep. question in this. Yes. Now I want you, I want you to explain that stay in the question because it's one of the most powerful things you could ever do. Um, and how this process works. I also want you to go back to this. You said we're in the management business, like, like explain that. Can you share me more thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah. So a lot like I'll, I'll credit Liam Brady for helping me understand that, you know, all of our dentistry will fail one day and it's not our fault necessarily. It's also, we've got humans working on humans with a bunch of different variables. And the whole goal of our overall health is just how can we stay as healthy as possible for as long as possible with as few um, risks that we're managing? Because, you know, I, before I was a dentist, I was a nurse. And when you came to the hospital after having a heart attack and we did a cardiac cath, we put a stent in you send the patient home, oftentimes they thought that was it. They were done. The reality was they're only as healthy as that placement of the stent now. Now we've got to manage their health from that point on. And dentistry, thank goodness we don't have as many life and death situations, but you know, it's it's understanding what's causing the the promotion of health or the demise of health and helping a patient be successful with that. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it too. And with people living longer and no matter how beautiful your dentistry is, at some point it's going to break and fail. You know, that is so. I love recently um, the terminology was there will come a time when you need it repaired. And, you know, hopefully you avoid the blowout, but it's kind of like, I always talk to my patients about cars, you know, tires on your car. You know, it's like, you know, you go in for the oil changes, things like that, get a little heads up about what you've got to prepare for, you know, we have to repair tires. We, yeah. we had a nail. We got to do something with it. Yeah. So even dentistry that you're going to be helping a patient with like now, or even in the future, you're still proposing, you're going to introduce the whole idea. There's going to be a point where it's going to need to be repaired, even if we're going to do it in the next coming few weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, my favorite line to say now is um, all dentistry has an expiration date. Love it. I love it. So go, go back to this too. So when we say the listening part of it, you know, walk me through that. And, um, and I also want you to explain staying in the question because I know exactly where you're going with that. And that's a lifelong practice. No one ever gets it in a course and says, Oh, I figured that out in a weekend. Right. So can you explain what it is and how you use it every day? Well, my learning was from Mary Osborne, the fantastic Mary Osborne. And, you know, whenever you're having a conversation with someone um, and let's say you ask them a question like, hi, how can I help you? And they give you a response back. It's asking another question instead of just closing that conversation with an answer, because oftentimes what we're doing is we're kind of trying to dial into what the real, whether it's cause effect links of situations so we can help because, you know, it's, it's one thing when you say this tooth is broken, you need a crown patient says, okay, I agree. They go up. Right. Um, but then if they don't schedule and if we didn't ask another question, like, is there anything that might get in the way of scheduling this today? Or are there any other, you know, questions that you have, or is there anything I can show you? You might not understand some of the limitations a patient has, and that can be frustrating. Right. Absolutely. And on the patient side of things, I still, I need to be in a place where I can even begin to be vulnerable. And I mean, you get a few patients every once in a while that just tell you everything, but that's not the majority of people. Would you agree? Right. I do agree. And I do think that's part of our role is, you know, it's, I, the journey is about, you know, growing is about growing yourself so you can help others grow if, if you're in the realm of whether that's education or, I mean, if you're a, a, a educator, writing a book, doing a podcast, what, whatever it may be. But the challenge is, in my opinion, from my own experience, is unless I keep learning about myself, it's really difficult to take someone or to give someone an experience I've had and expect them to get my perspective or accept it or even consider it for their own learning. Right. So um, I think it's really hard at times, especially for dentists, because you're in a busy day. It is down to 10 minute increments. 
I found that I shop in 10 minute increments too. You do? Wait, wait, yeah. go back to that. <laughs> How, what, you are a sharp, sharp human being. How did you figure that out? Uh, one day I went shopping with my sister and it was like in this store out in another store. And she was like, I'm exhausted. What are we doing? And I was like, well, we have so much time and each place divide that out. We've got this much time to go to. And, each, and I was like, that's really sad. That's my life. That's my day. So yeah. I find I'm like that a lot. But we, we, we focus like that. And so sometimes we're trying to push everything in to this little, okay, I got this little window. Let me figure everything out. And at the same time, let me think about everything else that's going on. And I have found for myself that I can run into trouble by missing something really critical with a patient. And what I thought I heard sometimes isn't exactly what the patient was saying. Right. And um, I want you to go a layer deeper on that, but, but go back to this. The 10 minute increment thing is a real deal. Most of us know this. We've got to give us space, but you, you feel the pressure of the clock all the time. And you said before we hit the go, like, you know, you want to, you know, you should listen, but you're in it. Talk, talk about, it. I mean, it's a conflicting world. You're like, yeah. I got to give space to this and we, we got to move this along, you know, right? Yeah. Especially when your hygienist or your assistant's staring at you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think you just hit on it. You know, it's, I had talked about um, a process that Dr. Rich Green had taught me, which was whenever I'm with a restorative patient and I got the ghost check hygiene is as I'm walking to that hygiene room, trying to make a ritual of how do I disconnect from the patient I was with? How do I not make eye contact with the front desk? Because that will cause me to, to be hijacked to a different direction and then walk into the next room with as much awareness and openness as I can, which is, I won't tell you I've ever figured out how to 100%. But I'm trying to be as aware of that as I can so you can be present. Right. And then if I can't be, if I am like so like out of sorts, learning to ask permission to invite the patient back. Yeah. So I think that's a brilliant tip you've just given because I remember, Rich, I totally forgot that. Like that is such a great mindset to prepare yourself because there's no rubber dam for conversations. You know what I mean? Like you're still bringing pieces of this with you. And it's so funny. You said the eye contact thing, you know, cause the eye contact move, you can try, <laughs> but your body moves in that direction. That's why I don't make eye contact on a plane. You know, it's like, cause we're going to yeah. start talking. Right. Right. <laughs> that's terrible. This is not about me, but like, um, that's, that's such an important piece. Um, and it does take regular practice uh, in doing that. Um, also, I, I want you to further explain the whole you think you heard it thing, because I still struggle with this one. No, yeah. I heard this. What you said and what I heard, this is a conversation that Sarah and I have. What I said and what you heard were not the same thing. And I missed some right. subtle details that added context to the thing. So explain how that works in your practice or any practice when somebody says something and it's not what's heard. I think if you can, the biggest way to kind of close the gap 
on it, I'll go, I'm going to go into a solution mode <laughs> and then I'll go. see if I can work backwards is if, if I can, if I can recognize that if I could ask the question to the patient or to the person that I'm having the conversation with, help me understand what I thought I heard, or let me say back to you what we're doing right here. Or, you know, let me, let me say back, um, what, what I just heard you say to me and just ask for some clarity. And I'll be honest. I think that that's a really hard thing, um, to do because there's a rejection piece possibly because you might be received negatively or what do you mean? You haven't been listening to me or, you know, so it's scary. And, but at the same time, that vulnerable piece to say, no, really, I only have my experiences to compare everything with. I mean, if a patient says to me, I'm scared to death of that needle. Well, instead of saying, oh, no, 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 you're okay. It's okay. You're in good hands. It's like, you know, I, I can be scared of that needle. Can you share with me what I'm hearing you say is something might get in your way if I were to approach you with a needle? Mm-hmm. Can you help me to, you know, and, and let them either dive into the experience or I find they need time to figure that out for themselves. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you an interesting experience that I had that kind tell of me. relates to this. So I had a patient in my chair and he was a mechanic and he never wanted to put his fingers in his mouth as far as flossing because they were, they were stained. And I totally like why he would not floss. It took me a few conversations to, to ask him, what's that about? And he said, look at my hands, but I'd never really asked him before. It was just, okay, you decided not to floss. We'll just leave that be. Yeah. And then the other thing that I experienced, which has really affected the way that I manage patients while I'm doing dentistry, he had, he was really struggling in the chair um, with suction and water and air. And sometimes we'll, we'll hear uh, dentists talk about, you know, gosh, this person was so grabby and they wanted me to do this. And like, they didn't trust me that I was going to take care of them. And I finally, I, I sat him up and I said, can I ask you a question? has something happened to you? Cause you seem like concerned that like something's going to happen to you. And he's like, you know, after you asked me that question, I almost drowned once. Wow. I would have never have thought that an experience of him drowning was similar to being suctioned or having water in your mouth, which is like waterboarding. Yeah, for sure could be connected to a memory bank. And it was like, that's, that's powerful. And that's so, and I, I guess, I mean, not just listening to people's words, their body language. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's key too. Yeah. It's very key. So when you said it's a little scary to go out, I actually started to sweat when you said that because it's so true. <laughs> so maybe this is a generalization, but men, you know, this, like you see somebody and you're like, I think her name is Lisa. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And if you've ever said, Hey Lisa. And they're like, no, I'm Kathy. And you go, I knew that. I just yep. totally screwed this all up. Or that they said something you're like, I, mm, I think, you know, we've all yeah. been there, you know, oh, and yeah. I, some, some people live there, you know? And so right. I think the number one is, is being, now I think the other thing too, this is brilliant, Kelly. I love what you're proposing. The other thing is if you're going to go in this direction, you need to, experience a little vulnerability and I got to up my game. 
Do you know what I mean? I actually really have to pay attention to the words and I think just be equipped with curiosity more than anything and just yes. give yourself a little grace because you're going to screw up trying this a yeah. little bit from time to time. Yeah. And but I the, think, po but oh, the power, ahead. no, I was going to ask him, but the power on the other side of it is when you experience these little wins with a patient, that's when you feel the gratification that you're talking about, right? Right, right. And I think that's what circles you back to staying in the question. And so you can keep building that. And I think when people get an opportunity to discover, like, and this might sound weird, you're thinking, discover who they are in a dental chair, <laughs> but discover that they are a human being. They do have their circumstances, you know, objectives, temperament that we love to say while they're in a dental chair. Right. Because I'm not a believer that work is work and home is home. I am my same person in both locations. And I have to figure out how I need to show up and whenever I'm not. Right. And, right. and so I think that's the same thing with the patient. Yeah. You know. I'm going to have you back for another podcast and you're going to talk more about that. So, so that we can okay, see who we are. No, it's such a great thought though, because you really, you know, it's less friction when you just are who you are. You know, I'm the yeah. same person, whether I be here, I'm in different environments. That's okay. Um, yeah. But that is such. And that's not easy to find out who you are. No, it's not. But the farther, the closer you get to it, whether it's a test, whether it's a coach, whether it's a mentor, whether it's sitting in the condos, you know, at Panky, like they're, the faster you can get there, the freer you become. You yeah. know, I used to think I was really good at bookkeeping and mm. I just Not took so me now, nah, never. <laughs> no, I was terrible at it. So, um, but um, the, the listening component is so critically important. And then also too, I would imagine you, this is not just the doctor. You guys are collectively, how do you, Kelly, I totally understand what you're saying, but how do I do this? We're everybody. So I don't feel the responsibility solely as the doctor just to learn everything about a patient. How does that work in your practice or how do you teach that? I think, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and actually we've had this conversation just recently. Um, example I'm going to give you is the hallway consult. So I believe it's really important that you're, when you're talking with the patient about a patient, there's always a third person and there's not a conversation in the hallway about what's happening. So emergency comes in, you know, Hey, this is patient X and they have this going on, this going on. I've done this. And you're expected to just walk in give the answer and set up the next step versus, okay. In front of that patient, let's walk back through everything. You just collected data wise with the patient, everything that the patient shared with you, everything that you thought you heard, let the patient have another opportunity to clarify or dive deeper. So that way you can keep building on those discoveries, which hopefully will become next steps. Right. 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 So I don't know if that answers your question fully, but I think the idea is I have to make a choice as a leader to not, um, I guess, think I have to know it all and not verbalize to everybody else that I need their help. Right. Right. Now you and I have not, you know, talked about this, but I'm guessing, and I'm going to jump to assumption. And I want you to talk about this. What you're creating in your practice is a unique experience. 
You know, you're not looking for crowns every day. You're not looking for cause and effect and say, how many crowns you guys get today? You're creating a behavioral, you know, and I heard Mark, Mark Murphy said this the first time. He's like, this is a, this is not, this is not causing, this is a very different style. This is a behavioral practice. And I said to him, what is that? And he actually made me sleep on the couch at the condos. I actually didn't get a bed. So like it was, that was my first, I'd never heard behavioral. What? And I said to him, what the heck is behavioral dentistry? Now I was a kid, I had hair at the time. And he's like, if you ever understand this, it is not like a, oh, this, that. It's behavioral. So is that a, am I correct in assuming that's kind of the direction you're going with your practice, which is you're really going to figure out why they're here in the first place. And the dentistry mm -hmm. is, yes. the dentistry is over here. It's not mm -hmm. like the primary, but I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I want, I want, I want to know your thought on that. No, I, I agree with that because it's, it's like you said, you know, to be a, a responsible business owner, I definitely have to have spreadsheets. I definitely have to have um, key indicators and I'm monitoring, but those aren't driving the decisions for the day-to-day -day care. The lucky piece is that patient behaviorally um, is really driving, you know, the growth of the practice because it's about, they're the, they're the driving. It's not what I'm doing. It's not how great we are. It's not the cool gift that we might give. It's not the monthly drawing. It's, it's how are we helping them feel and also to think about making choices because our choices sometimes, you know, gut reaction to a choice versus gut thought, thoughtful action to some type of a result is really what I hope to help patients do. Yeah. And we're, we're, I love the word coach. You just said it a second ago. I mean, that's really how I see us. We're coaching people and, um, sitting with them, walk them beside them. Maybe we got to wait a little bit. Um, that's all, all part of it. It's, but our responsibility is to make sure, um, I guess you invite them in, Yeah. you know, uh, Another thing that you're reminding me about is Dr. Rich Green taught me, I want my, my dental practice to be an educational institute. You know, a lot of people say that, a lot of people have it, and it's, it's been the best thing for me. Um, I don't want to teach how to brush your teeth. I want to educate the whys behind the choices you can make yeah. and not judge you that help you with your decisions about why you may want to fulfill that. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And if you really get your mind around that, it's amazing how helpful you become to these human beings. Rich was smarter than he knew. I know. I don't think ever, Rich ever gave him credit. I was mentioning this yesterday, the whole margarine butter thing. He was like trying to explain it to me and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, Rich, and he was trying to say, Kirk, don't try to imitate anybody. Be yourself. And I thought margarine and butter were the same thing at the same at that time. And he's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I got extra work to do with you. <laughs> but he he had yeah, these he, ways. He had these ways of saying things that you're like, if you understand it, it's brilliant, you know? Well, and he, to me, is one of the greatest behavioralist dentists I've ever met. Um, I know that there have been others that have come and gone, but um you know, connection is number one in my strengths. And I think that's a behavioral process. You know, I'm a big fan of 
you know, their feelings plus your thinking drives your behavior, which drives your result. Right. And if I live in that emotional world only to, you know, get my results, there's oftentimes that gap of, of honestly emotional reward that, um, that lives there. Right. For sure. For sure. So if I'm a dentist and I'm listening and Kelly, I understand this, but where do I start? You know, like, where do I even start this? My schedule's too jammed. Like I have only PPOs in my practice, you know, and I want to do this, but I feel like I'm running full speed as I am. Like, what would you say to that person that's listening? I would say if you have the the kind of schedule that's that full speed ahead, um, you can make some time for yourself to decide okay, what it, is there anything about that schedule that I like and maybe that I don't like? Rather than making a decision right away that I can't do this or I'm, I'm you hear a lot of dentists say they're unhappy because they, they can't stop. They don't know how to stop. And I used to have a very busy practice, you know, 30 plus patients a day and trying to figure out, you know, oh, that's awesome. But then how do you manage people and take the time with them? Um, I think one is finding out, asking yourself, what do you want? Because if, if what you have is giving you the energy to keep moving, nothing wrong with it. Right. But if you're asking that question that you just said, you know, well, wait a second, this sounds like something I might want to pursue, but how do I do this right now? I say you do it one step at a time. <clears throat> and what you could do, is either have a, have a meeting with your team. Say, hey, I feel like, you know, let's say I don't have enough time in the hygiene visit to kind of make a connection or, or get to understand a patient. <clears throat> Ask them to, you know this, you, you taught me this, have them carry on the conversation that they've been having for 45 minutes for you as you step into the room rather than, Stepping back to the side, not saying one word, and you take over. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> we take over because we know we've got 10 more minutes. <laughs> right. And get, get in some type of a partnership with somebody in your office. Um, even the front desk, you could say, I really want you to ask this question with every new patient that calls. And I'm, I'm in the process of transitioning, you know, the practice that I purchased into, you know, there's a lot of awesome systems that are in place, but just revamping some things. And it's a reminder to me of how I want to meet the patient that walks in my practice the first time. Do I want to meet them in my chair? Do I want to meet them standing up somewhere? Do I want to sit with them somewhere else? But I need to ask somebody to help me with that because I will be honest in the busyness of my day. I will think, oh, Sally's coming in as a new patient. I really want to meet her in the consult room with chair to chair. Hi, how you doing? We're so glad that Joey sent you. He's a great patient. Um, help me understand what I can, what we can do today and then move. But the reality is if I'm behind, I may totally hijack that. And everybody else said, well, wait, she said I wanted to do this. Right. But she's taken over, so we're just going to let her. Yeah. So, so sometimes you, it's asking for help. Yeah. So you do that too? <laughs> oh, yes. 
<laughs> I come in with all kinds of great ideas and then it's like, yeah. <sighs> we can turn this into a therapy session. One of the, I've had team members say, you tell me to do this and then I find you did it. And I'm like, I know, mm, sorry. They're like, mm. <laughs> so yep. we'll, we'll stay on the rails here because we could get off the rails. But um, yeah, I I'm love, sorry. I have lots of squirrel moments. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. this is brilliant stuff. Now, any last thoughts you have on this, Kelly? Because this is this is such an important topic and it's a huge breakthrough when people start embracing this. But any last thoughts you just share on this? I think one last thought I would share is that um, something I've learned about myself is that in learning to listen um, more, I'm not even going to classify it. We do that. Not better, not worse, not good, but to listen more, to achieve the goals of the practice, the vision that we set forth. It's trying to remember um, I'm listening to understand versus I'm listening for them to hear me. That has been really um, impactful for me because, I mean, that can be my dentistry. You're sitting with a group of dentists just talking about your aches and pains of life. And you want someone to understand you. You want someone to empathize. And in honesty, we want someone to get in the pit with us and tell us how right we are about how we feel. Mm -hmm. And the reality is I also want to impart an experience or wisdom or hope for somebody else. So that's that understanding piece where it's not about me. It is about the person that you're sitting with yep. and hopefully realizing that it's, it's going to take me till I'm six feet under to probably be even able to say I'm halfway decent at it. And as, and I'm a perfe- recovering perfectionist. That's a whole nother podcast. Oh my um, gosh. But to admit that to myself and to say it out loud every day, it, it's, it, can be, it can be challenging. Yeah. That's so powerful what you just said. And I'll give you a lot more credit than you give yourself, which is good. And uh, I think you're remarkable at these things. And what's really oh. cool is you're vulnerable and you're teaching other people these things. And so, um, Kelly, if I'm listening and I've never heard you, I've never seen this. I don't know what the Panky Institute is like, what, you know, where do you go? Where do you teach what you teach? Um, tell us what, what else you're up to. Cause you're always up to cool things. How do I follow you? Okay. Well, um, so one easy way to follow us, uh, the Panky Institute, I am on the faculty there, uh, for the essentials three. Um, that is, we have a four part continuum, And so that's the middle, well, a little past the middle of it's anterior aesthetics, um, talking not just about pretty things, but how to make them function and last and be predictable. Um, We also, I'm involved with the Restorative Nation, which is also part of the Institute, um, doing little how-to videos, just tips. And I literally just, if I think of a tip of the day or something that I experienced, I want to share with somebody else. Um, I have videos on that on Restorative Nation. Um, I do sometimes lecture at different events. I'm going to be uh, lecturing at the Pacific North Dental Conference, which is in Seattle in November. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you guys are going. I'll be is there. That right? yep. That's a yeah. great meeting. Yeah, great so, people. You'll love that. Yeah. Now when I'm actually doing my first hands-on, um, talk, uh, doing uh, prep and provisionalization, because 
as a prior athlete, we as dentists, we don't get to practice. Everything's real time. So um, just talking more about you know, trying to experience more practice events. And then just happy to keep learning and be involved in study clubs. And I'm trying, I'm actually trying to figure out if I could start a group soon here in Atlanta since this what is. Kind, um, what kind of a yeah. group? Just every- um, a little bit of everything. There's a, there are uh, Johnson Hay, Haygood and a few others that I just recently was with uh, Steve Malone like a restorative group that we're not only learning, you know, from gold restorations to what we're doing porcelain, because that's changing so fast right. and quickly and what we got to stay on top of. But something that's very, very hands-on city club, as well as still trying to continue to grow my, um, you know, whether that's reading, sharing, crying, <laughs> drinking wine. It's always helpful. It's always helpful. So this has been so wonderful. So thank you so much for being on, Kelly. And uh, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm going to tell you or volunteer. We are going to do podcasts. I want you to do the re- recovering perfectionist. Can you? Because like I need that one. So, um, and I was never perfect. So like it, it was a journey. I never, I never got very far on. But like it's, I know exactly where you're headed with that, and it's so helpful. It's so helpful. So awesome. Be happy awesome. To. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's all my pleasure. I'm so grateful you've been on. So um, I hope you guys enjoy today. Now stick around, Kelly, while I say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening today. Um, I'm just going to encourage you to follow Kelly. If you ever get a chance to see her do anything, you've already learned from this podcast. She's wonderfully insightful and a brilliant, brilliant woman. And uh, check her out if you're out at the Pacific Northwest Conference. I have no doubt you'll find it a great investment of time. So you guys keep keep sending us suggestions for things you want to see. I appreciate all the feedback. And uh, until we see you guys next time, keep watching or listening to the best practice the show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.